I'm Vince Roca. Did he say venti mocha? And I'm Michael Hutchinson. How did you cough during that segment? I don't know. I, I just cough. I know that's that's. Well, I get the like I'm having this post nasal thing going on right now. Yeah, and I took I, the med for it. The, what's the so, med for well, post nasal? Uh, I get a spray. It's a spray I use for what, uh, Afrin. No, it's not Afrin. I don't, it's a prescription drug. Afrin is no the one I take. Oh, okay. I don't, I don't know what it is. I know doctors like here take this because I'm like why am I like coughing all the time? Oh, that's your post nasal drip. Okay, well what can I do about it? So she said take this. So, How long have you been taking this? Uh, I've had it for the past year, I think, but I don't take it all the time. Just like when it gets bad. I'll okay. Well, you have nonstop post-nasal drip. You have chronic post-nasal drip. <laughs> I guess so. Well, cause sometimes I'll be like, <clears throat> I'm like, cause I kept doing that. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, why am I always going? <clears throat> <clears throat> and I, and so I asked the doctor, it's like, oh yeah, it's post-nasal drip. So if you know someone who does that a lot, it's usually your post-nasal drip. All right. I thought that was just, you know, from being, having a cold, being sick, you get post-nasal drip. Well, you, you're. I didn't realize it can happen anytime. I didn't realize there was a chronic condition and that you had it. Well, what what is it? Chronic? I don't do it all the time. Like during the You've summer, been doing I doing it do... for a year. That's well, all the time. Well, but I, well, I've had the, the meds for a year, but I don't, I don't take it every day. I don't notice you clearing your throat that often. But when I, I don't know, sometimes I do during the, I, I think right now, I, the allergy stuff is going on right now. You know, spring is not like spring's happening, but spring weather is happening. Uh, you know, I'm taking my Flonase and that, and the the, the other meds. <laughs> so fucking as I get, old. Exactly. As I, so I never had any allergies until I started working. Had a full time job. Hmm. Uh, That's what my doctor told me. My doctor said, "I think you're allergic to work." Are you? Yeah, but okay. <clears throat> you're dismissing them as allergies, but now you're working with sick kids. Kids well, who are filled <laughs> with germs. So. It could be, but I also work on a campus that has a lot of wind. So there's oh, a lot yeah, of that's that's, that's, that's why. My doctor said I'm allergic to work. I didn't have allergies till I was like 18 years old, <laughs> and it, we were living in Palmdale, and it's so fucking dry out there. But around and 18, 80. I had my first allergy attack, and then when we moved back down here, there hasn't been any allergy attacks. I mean, I well, actually, I guess there was. Yeah, there's been like one. Because you don't get all the wind like Palmdale right. has, and all the dust. And there's more, so and much yeah, crap. no dust and more moisture down here. Anyway, what's new, man? Oh well, let's see. I've been reading some stuff on on the hazing online hazing you know, fraternities. I'll, I'll tell you've been you. reading stuff online online about hazing, about hazing. Or you've been not like not stuff like you know, about online hazing. I've been reading on, about online on online about hazing. Okay, <laughs> not hazing online because about been, hazing rituals. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, there's like. There, there's, hazing is not supposed to go on anymore. But it, it isn't, but you know, is. I you know, and you're watching you know, Lone Survivor. I'm watching Lone Survivor. Everything they do in the beginning, the opening sequence of all the Navy SEALs, is hazing. hazing. Yeah. Every single thing. Mm-hmm. But why is that not illegal? Well, that's that's the Navy. It's group. a club, is it not? And you can get kicked out. Can you not? Yeah. You don't have to be in there, do you? But you, when you sign up for that club, you become the property of the U.S. military. You are no longer a human being. You are no longer <laughs> But a you citizen. can still quit. It's not like, okay, once you're in, you're in. If you don't, if you don't fulfill this, we're going to kill you. It's like, okay, you, you don't quit and you can quit. You go ring the bell three times, you put your helmet down. Well, actually, that part of it, when they uh, ring the bell three times and put their helmet down. <laughs> they're quitting that, the SEAL team. Yeah, they're not quitting the, the SEAL the Marines, team. Not the Marines, that I know. Not the, uh, sorry, it's not here. Marines. Is it Marines? Are they Marines? No, they, sorry, it's Navy, Navy. sorry. Yeah, because uh, they're actually in Lone Survivor, they're frogs, right? Which is the next step past SEALs yeah. or something like that. So, yeah. But quitting, you're not quitting the actual Navy. Yeah, you can quit the Navy, but there are massive repercussions. 
They're you. Well, they're used to. I don't think the there are so life. much anymore. Depending on how you do it, I believe your credit ranking can never go past a certain. Point. You still, yeah, you still get your. Uh, if it's a dishonorable discharge, yes. Yeah, and yeah, you quitting get screwed is and, dishonorable. And you have yeah. to put that on your applications nowadays. Yeah, in the armed services, were you discharged? Yeah. Anyway, uh, hazing. Anyway, yeah. So I'm reading some stuff. There's one recently that some kids. Well, once again, all college kids, it's an Asian fraternity. That makes a difference. Just throwing it out there because that's what it was. It's an Asian fraternity? Asian fraternity. So what, did they have to do, like, really complex math theorem? Was that <laughs> See, the Hazen right Stereotyping them. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Did they, they force them to drive or something? <laughs> like, kind of very difficult op- <laughs> Well, they did this thing, person. this hazing thing called glass ceiling. I don't know why they call it glass ceiling, but that's what, that's what they right. do. So they had this kid. You're blindfolded. You carry a 20-pound bag of sand, and your members tackle you. A kid ends up falling down, hitting his head, passes out. They okay. don't. They don't know what to do. Okay. You know they they stop the the glass ceiling right away. Everyone stops. They put the kid inside. They put him next to a fire to heat him up, warm him up. They look online, teen, scene to see what's going on. Kid eventually ends up dying because there's like three hours before someone actually took him to a hospital. So now it's a homicide incident. Okay. So okay, that's considered hazing, right? That's totally hazing. Okay. Okay. Now say if if. You're pledging a house, and they ask you to take staples out of a wall. Would you consider that ple- uh, hazing? Um, no. Yeah, it's it's no. not like they're putting – it's like staples because of a it's party. A duty. And you're, yeah, you're cleaning up. Okay. Yeah. What about food runs? Uh, no. Again, you know, that's like a PA's job or something. Yeah. <laughs> it is. That's, that's what you do, right? Right. Well, there, there is someone getting busted right now for, for this kinds of thing. And, and, possible, and maybe – what was the other thing? Push-ups. That's what it was. Doing push-ups. Yeah. So if you didn't if you didn't go on a food run, then you had to do staples or you had to do push-ups. So there's a fraternity right now who's getting busted right now for hazing because a parent complained about this. Okay. Would that, would any of that be considered hazing? The push-ups start to push into the hazing world, but you know. But why? Really. Okay, it's not like okay, I want you to do push-ups naked. Well, but you if know, you it's... had to do like a thousand push-ups or something crazy, like there was, I don't know what the number is, but I mean, for me, 10 push-ups might as well be a thousand push-ups. So, <laughs> you know, you would be hazing me, try, forcing me to do that. I don't know, but I don't know. What's the, what's the definition of hazing? Isn't it uh, making you, uh, I, I forgot the whole definition. Well, hazing, I don't know what the definition is, but to me, hazing has always been something that is humiliating or torturous. Exactly. And um, doing, you know, doing some push-ups. Okay, you can't do that. Do, do 15 push-ups. And it could be back. torturous, but that's why I was like that kind of But if you're joining, if you're world. joining a, yeah, if you're joining a fraternity or something like that, you'd be like, okay, I'm going to have to do some stupid things like that. Is it making me streak through campus naked? Right. No. I mean, that, that's humiliating. Yes, I get that. Um, you know, having to drink yourself to death. Yeah, there's a problem there. But taking staples out or stuff like that. So in your reading of hazing rit- rituals, aside from this Japanese sandbag or Asian sandbag, whatever. Well, uh, there's been others. There's been that what, guy who what's had the drink. craziest. What's the weirdest? The weirdest? Uh, well, there's the one where the guy was drinking water and ended up dying. Well, Overhydrated yeah. because of water because they're, they're like, ah, nothing's going to happen to it. I, well, I thought that th- even that one's pretty weird. The... I think like, we've talked about that, uh, the, uh, the girl at the radio station in, uh, up north in San Francisco who died for drinking a gallon of water. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. uh, and I know people, you know, they've done that before, too. Well, it's not alcohol. They'll be okay. You just have to keep drinking, drinking, drinking. It dilutes your body's, uh, your salt, the salt in your body so much that that's why you die. That's yeah, true. Anyway. Um, anyway, once again, you know, smart college kids. I'm assuming they're all smart, not because not they're Asian, but they're in college. So I'm assuming these kids aren't dumb kids, and they, they wait three hours. What would make you think that they were smart because they're in college? Oh, okay. 
I, I forgot what college it was. I meet people all the time <laughs> that have fucking bachelor's degrees that are fucking morons. Yeah, I guess that's true because there are a lot of there's a lot of book smart people who have no common sense. I I mean I wouldn't yeah I, uh, I wouldn't even go that far. It's like I meet people who just because you had the ability to read a piece of information, retain it for a week, regurgitate it onto a piece of paper, that doesn't make you smart. That doesn't even make you book smart. I think most and I, most of the people who I've met who have graduated college, if you approached them and said, who's Genghis Khan, they couldn't tell you. Oh, I mean, they learned it at that point. Or if you're like, what, did, what was Stalin's actual involvement with World War II? I don't know that they would even fucking be able to tell you. Most of them, sure, they took it on a test. They passed it. doesn't make them book smart. They just fucking... Yeah, they're good at regurgitating information. It's like, it's like every time we are forced to take the DMV test, we're, we have to go and struggle and study all over again to make sure we get the answers right. We, you can't take that test right now and pass it. You probably can't. Most of us, I don't think, can because... The questions are so, I don't know, just bizarre or ridiculous that you feel like you're going to get tripped up on them. Oh, so yeah. Well, the, yeah. We're not Your multiple drivers. choice answers. Your multiple choice answers always seem like, well, that one's possible. That's one. That's the one I do. That one's possible. Right. There's the thing. That's the one I do, but that's the one they want me to answer. So now I actually got to say that most most educated uh, okay, people, but if, most if, if, if a kid hits, if a kid, fucking idiots. Well, I don't know. I I like I'd like to believe you live it. in a different realm because you go to school with or you go to work with educators. But let's really look at that for a minute. You, you, the educators that you work with, all right, some of them are brilliant at history, but couldn't, you know, create a, quaffed a well-written sentence. And some of them are fantastic at math and couldn't tell life though. I mean, there's people who can, you know, do things on computers, but can't do anything to a car. I understand, (laughs) but you're, I think you're a little skewed in one. I mean, I'm definitely, maybe I'm skewed the other way, but you're, you're, you're on the one side because you do go to people who with, to work with people who seem brilliant in a specific field. Like you, there's a guy that you work with who you could ask any history question to and he would answer it. So they're always, you seem to be surrounded by people who are smart just because they became educators and that's their profession. But most people who graduate and go on to do shit, they're fucking dumb, man. They're fucking just <laughs> dumb. Anyway. Anyway, well, but if you if if your buddy if you knock your buddy out, we're out here playing next to your pool. I fall down, hit my head on the pool. Are you going to go on to WebMD to see? Hmm, I wonder what happened here. Or would you be, dude? Let's get this guy to the hospital. I mean, once again, if you have a bunch of people there, you'd be like, well, someone's going to be going. Maybe we, dude. Maybe we should get him to the hospital. Well, I don't know. I mean, Daniel there in our opening, right? There's nothing we can do for you, bro. <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure that they were all like, I'm, like I'm pretty, I'm give- pretty sure they're like, well, maybe we should still take him to the hospital. Yeah. Like someone's like, yeah, he, the kid's got to go to the hospital. Not like, Hey, let's check out a web MD and see if it's really broken or maybe they, we can fix it ourselves. They took the forties off of his hands first <laughs> and they, uh, they had to get them off. They didn't call an ambulance. They had to get them off campus or off whatever. I mean, they, you know, they took some precautions that were not there, as yeah. rapid as could be, but Hey, look, if you're like, okay, you're at a fraternity and an event like this occurs and you're just a guest or you're a, a freshman year brother or whatever, sophomore year brother, you're definitely not the person in charge. There's a hierarchy there and something goes wrong. At what point do you overstep your boundary and be like, I'm the one, I'm the one who's going to call the police. I mean, isn't, aren't you surrounded by 10, 12 other people who it's like, well, it's their job. I mean, one of them is in charge. Well, it's their job. to. Once again, I don't know, because if you're a, 
if if the guy's down, I mean, the guy doesn't wake up. You first, he's like, oh, he passed out. He hit his head hard. He knocked himself out. Whatever. Okay. Some time goes by. Half hour, the kid doesn't wake back up. Well, you'd think you would start. I mean, throwing water at him. And... Exactly. You would. You would do stuff to him, right? I mean, the, right. from what I read, it looked like that. You know, they they put him in, put him next to a fire so he could warm up because they thought maybe he was cold. Uh, I think the kid was actually in shock. Was the reason why he's feeling that way. Okay. The end, the kids end up dying because had help been any sooner than three hours, he probably would have lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It's just weird that like someone didn't say, "Dude, let's just take him to the hospital. Let's throw him in my car, drop him off somewhere." Right, get a wheelchair, roll them in. We're out of there. No one has to know what happened. Yeah, okay. I mean, right? Get, uh, there was a thing the other day out here, and uh, it was at Panorama City. Some they're looking for this good Samaritan because they brought this 19 year old kid in. It was a drug overdose, and they dropped him in, dropped him off, left. They have no idea who the good Samaritan is. Yeah, but how do they know it's good Samaritan and it isn't his pusher? <coughs> well, that's that, that they don't know. But him. well, there was no evidence showing that it was you know like inflicted on this guy which once again the whole pusher thing seems interesting because you know michael seymour hoffman dies and now they're out searching for oh who gave him the heroin yeah they arrested them right away yeah, i die um, what happens oh well he died on heroin i guess that's what i they there was something about bad heroin on the street it being <laughs> laced good with and a, bad heroin well it was being laced with a yeah, something in it. a cancer drug or ah, god i what was the name of it? It was being laced with a cancer drug, that, and there was like seven deaths related to it. So they wanted to see if that was what killed Hoffman, and it wasn't. He just OD'd. The, and I read about that. The overdose to heroin isn't what most people think. Your body relaxes so much, you fall asleep, and you forget to breathe. Uh-huh. Your heart stops, just stops beating, and you die. Uh, I guess that's a good way to go. I mean, if you're going to go, I, I guess that's the way. Yeah, I, I don't I mean, know. If you're just all relaxed and, ah, oh, this is nice, and then they just don't wake up. It's kind of weird. I mean, the whole thing about addiction in general is is sort of strange. Like, right now, I, I feel I'm not addicted to anything. I feel fine. I go through life like I don't, I'm not jonesing for, oh, my God, I have to have this. I mean, I drink coffee every day, but if I don't have coffee, I don't sit there going, oh, i got to have coffee. i got to have coffee. Oh, my God, as soon as I get my coffee, it's going to be fine. As soon as I get my fix, it's going to be fine. But it's interesting that these people... The people who are addicted uh, and addicted to anything. I mean, you know, fat people who are addicted to sugar, you know, they got a fucking, you know, oh my God, there's a candy bar in the fridge. I have to eat it. I have to eat it. I've got to get to it. You know, they know it's in the house. They've got to do it. It's the same addiction. But it's just so weird that, like, I live a life and don't know what it's like to be on heroin and don't Jones for it. And he is incapable of living when he's not on heroin. He's incapable of living the same life I live. Like, this isn't the feeling I feel right now is not good enough for him. He's constantly like, I need this other more. level. There's got to be something more out there. Yeah, there, and he knows what that something more is. And I don't know. It's fucking strange that I've, I've never done it. But how could how could something be that? Well, you were addicted. You you were addicted to cigarettes. I was addicted to cigarettes, which would be the same thing. See, I've uh, I'm sure but, it's something I've been addicted to, but I've I've never felt like oh I got to have that like a cigarette. You know, you got to oh I you know I got to go out and I have to have the smoke. Whatever I'm drinking, so I got to have a smoke. I've never felt that, so I don't know what what that would be like. But even then, I don't know that I've really felt that either. My addiction to cigarettes, if I needed to get on a six hour plane flight, I had no problem not smoking for six hours. I, you know, I'd smoke beforehand, but I didn't. It wouldn't kill me. I wouldn't be sitting there just Jones and going out of my fucking mind. You would be one of those guys who, like, my my buddy Wes, his dad, he had grandchildren in uh, uh, South Korea, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wouldn't fly out there to see him because he was worried about the 16-hour 
plane ride not being able to smoke. That's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Uh, for me, I really enjoyed smoking. It was something I liked doing. Well, that's so, an addiction. That's why, it's, <laughs> that's why it's called an addiction. I really yeah, enjoy it. Well... Yeah, I mean, I know. I, I, I guess I'm maybe I'm trying to justify it, but it was like, it was less about something that I had to do and more about something that I wanted to do. And I don't know, maybe that's addic- addiction. But I it, like they, you see people withdrawing from when they're you know having the cold sweats and everything. That's a withdrawal of something that they have to do that now they need as opposed to just something that they want. That's why I guess like sex addiction is really hard to define because they don't go through withdrawals and sweats and all of those sorts of things. <laughs> like, what are you sweating for? I haven't had sex in a couple of days. It's, yeah, it's really. Killing me. It's killing me. I'm dying here. I got to, I got to stick it in something. Um, off just isn't doing it for me anymore. The top 10 worst college hazing rituals. Ooh. Raped by a Sharpie. No, this isn't the kind of Sharpie rape you see in most schools. That really just means getting marked up by a Sharpie, a permanent marker unexpectedly. This is actually sexual penetration using a Sharpie. Is that a sorority thing or is this a... (laughs) In 2002, seven football players from Methodist College in North Carolina were arrested on hazing charges for restraining a freshman, stripping him of his underwear, riding all over his butt and smacking it numerous times. The worst part is that to seal the deal as if it were the player with the most ironic position name, Antonio Wilkerson... Why is that ironic? Wide receiver for the team, Antonio Wilkerson. Because he's a wide receiver, maybe? Yeah. All right. <laughs> Sexually assaulted the freshman athlete with a Sharpie marker after everything had been said and done. He, along with the other Methodist players involved, were suspended after the November 14th arrests and did not partake in the team's final game. Unfortunately, because of getting benched or even sitting down was probably the last thing on the victim's mind. <laughs> Number nine, uh, Coke. See, uh, that's uh, and that's just weird. Like that, uh, right if I'm sharpie? If, yeah, if I'm hazing somebody, I don't know if I want to be smacking their ass and then sticking something in their ass. To me, that just doesn't sound like something I'd want to do to somebody. Yeah, I like, mean, it gets weird. Although at your bachelor <laughs> party, I was fucking around with you, but not. I mean, it was. It would have never have gotten that. Like that would then get strange. In, so, uh, there were you didn't for, even kiss me first. Yeah. For further explanation <laughs> on this, there were two strippers that had uh, brought you down to your underwear, and they had you face down in the hotel room, and they had a dildo out, and I was like shoving his ass, <laughs> and I think they wouldn't. So I grabbed the dildo, a dildo, and started poking it at your underwear. So that's how weird that got. I didn't even spit on it first. But like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's where things like I pulled the underwear to the side. I spit on it. I deep throated it first to get it wet. And now everybody else around us is just like, where did this turn to go? What happened? Uh, Number nine, cocaine or dildo? Hmm. Sororities are just sexually cruel, if not infinitely more so than fraternities. Looking at this list, it's apparent that the women in sororities are more interested in emotional and social humiliation than the males. Males tend to angle toward the physical feats or of strengths or disgustingness. Both freely exercise public humiliation, but the levels of, let's get to it. For example, the Hazing Prevention Center. Uh, what the fuck? Come on, just get to it. One email was from a girl who reported that she had to either use a dildo in front of all of her sisters or take a hit of cocaine. So it's either your morals or your morals or your common sense versus your common sense. It's a toss up. 
but an illicit drug that can do permanent brain damage is highly illegal or sexual, social, public humiliation. Which would you choose? Um, well, isn't there a time and place for everything? And that's college. So don't girls normally do that anyway? Yeah. Like, I, I, once again, that just seems kind of odd to me too. I mean, I wouldn't sit around and go, okay, let's watch this guy jerk off. Yeah. <laughs> Not appealing to me. Although, now that, okay, but have you ever, oh, well, you've heard of it. Have you ever known anybody who's participated in a circle jerk? No. <laughs> have, and we've seen it. Dutch Rudder? Yeah, and we will. <laughs> but the, no. The circle jerk, as I understand it, was everybody puts in like five bucks, then you jerk off, and whoever comes first wins. I don't understand why that's a win. Never have. I don't know anybody who's actually done this, but I mean, maybe it is just straight up urban legend. I do know someone who they would, they would all throw money in a pot and then whoever they would all whip out their dicks and whoever had the biggest dick won. I never participated in that either. And (laughs) didn't understand because like, you know, you're putting a lot on the line, more than five bucks, putting on humiliation for the rest of your life that, you know, your two incher didn't meet up. (laughs) I'm a grower, not a shower. Right. But I, I assume that there are people out there who have participated in the circle jerk. I have no idea why. Like, uh, how do you even brag about that? Yeah, I could come in <laughs> like, under two what'd you, seconds. What'd you do last night? I had a circle jerk. <laughs> What's even worse I is I made like, it to the finals. <laughs> all I won was five bucks. So it was just you and another guy. Yeah. This is me and another guy competing. So I guess there were. Uh, there. You know, there, there's the one where the cookie in the center, everyone comes on the cookie. The last one to come on the cookie has to eat it. That was the urban legend in in the camp (laughs) when I was working at. That is in a movie, as I was told. I never saw the movie. He's this guy who's one of the lead speakers for the Free Speech Coalition for the porn industry. I heard that they did that. Everybody came on a plate of brownies, and he was the last one to come and ate it in the movie, ate the brownies (laughs) in the movie. And I always thought that was strange whenever I saw him at like the porn convention at free speech events. And I just was like, you made a fucking cum filled brownie. <laughs> and it even, it seems more strange than and you're like, thinking, that's a lot of pressure. Come on faster, faster. What do I have to do? <laughs> it, it seems stranger. Like down to three, down to three. Someone like the dude who eats the cum filled <laughs> brownies versus just a regular gay guy who like fucking eats cum. All right. I get him. Like he's gay. That's what he does. But the cum-filled brownies, I'm still weirded out by. It's just kind of strange. Yeah, I, I would, like, I wouldn't enter the contest. I just, I would. Not, <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, like, I'm going to take a pass. <laughs> I'm going to go to craft service and eat the normal brownies. Right. And no one's come you, on. You yet. guys have fun over there. Although after everybody comes on a plate of brownies, don't you really look at the rest of the craft service stuff kind of cockeyed on that set? <laughs> that's right. Mm, like, these people I, are weird. What the fuck are they doing? I'm only eating the packaged <laughs> food. Right. I'm bringing my own food in. <laughs> Number eight: boiling hot water on back, chest, and genitals. Yeah, I'm just, I mean, I don't even really need to read the rest of this. I'm just <laughs> going to pass. Explanatory on that. Here's, one. here's the hazing rit- ritual. We're going to pour boiling hot water free. I mean, you lost me at boiling hot water, period. Back, chest, genitals. I didn't even need to read the rest. I mean, yeah. if it was just on fucking my ankle, I, no, that ain't happening. I'm not getting in no fraternity for that. Exactly. It's not worth it. Boob ranking. All right. Now, this is entertaining. <laughs> In a story run by ABC News, author and researcher Alexandra Robbins reported that the worst kind of emotional hazing she saw in sororities was boob ranking. In this procedure, the sisters uh, force pledges to strip off their shirts and bras in a cold room and then line up in order of breast size. This is mostly because 
What this did was reinforce insecurities that the girls were probably already saying to themselves. The older sisters would then make fun of them and play mental games with their vulnerable and hapless victims. I I feel like I'm hazing all the time because I'm constantly boob ranking. Yeah, totally. (laughs) This is kind of a little weird, though, because you can, I mean, you know how girls are going to rank before they even take off their bra, at least somewhat. I mean, some of them are wearing padded bras, so there might Uh, be a little bit of a surprise. But clearly, but your A's are not going to look like D's. And yeah, you're not. I mean, they're not confusing <laughs> that, you know, the, the lineup that much. But I mean, girls shower together. They go to the restroom together. They, you know, and they change together. I mean, I would think that a lot of them would see each other's boobs enough anyway. I guess it's just the ridicule. The weird thing here is I've met a lot of girls who would go to a topless beach, but wouldn't go bottomless. And when we used to shoot the spring break videos, girls would, you know, draw the line at, at, the, at taking off their bottoms, but yeah. would have no problem flashing their tops. This has always perplexed me because showing your boobs is like showing your dick. There's a size to it. Like showing your, your a girl showing her bottoms is just, it's just pubic hair. You see nothing. Yeah. Like unless she's got some crazy flappy <laughs> lip condition going on that like as soon as it comes out, it's like down to her knees. Which how many girls roll like those that? back in? Yeah, you know, exactly. She's got to like roll it up and like tuck it in or yeah. some shit like that. I've never shaved down there. I, yeah, what's the... I, even then, like if you never shaved, it's just a bunch of bush. It's not yeah. like, like who, how do you haze over a girl's bottoms? But girls always seem more free to be like, yeah, here's my boobs. Yeah. Well, a lot yeah. of them paid for it though. And you know, you pay five, ten thousand well, dollars to show them off, right? That's true too. The worst thing about boobs are not small boobs. The worst thing about boobs are like terrible boobs, the saggy, weird or an enormous, your boob is all areola. The girls that like Havasu just keep their tops off the whole time. And you're like, could you please put your top back yeah. on? <laughs> you mean, not like, like Havasu, you mean like biker events? Biker events also. There are some, uh, there are some nasty ones at the... Oh, there's the always Hav- nasty ones at biker events, though. I mean, there are always nasty ones. Holy shit, the elephant walk. <laughs> Getting over cold, sorry. Vermont passed an anti-hazing law in 1999 due to an incident at the University of Vermont. Well, duh where members of the hockey team forced freshman players to drink warm beer until they vomited All right, and perform something called an elephant walk, which is horrible and a form of rape. Okay, elephant walk. Definition. According to the Urban Dictionary, there are many forms of the elephant walk. One, a group of males walks in a straight line, each person putting one thumb in their mouth and the other thumb inside the anus of the male in front of them. Ah. I'm not going to this fraternity. <laughs> that's right. Like, really, if that's... That's the, just hockey players. I was just getting into... I'm the not playing on this team. If that is the intro, what 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 do I have to look forward to? Like, I, I mean, I'm playing hockey because I want to, you know, get laid, not because I want to fuck my fellow players. <laughs> I'm getting into a fraternity for more pussy. Like, this ain't the fraternity for me. Number two, a group of males walks in a straight line holding each other's erect penis of the male behind and in front of them. That's not so bad. I mean, that's what, much- if, what if you can't get erect? Like, dude, you guys just don't turn me on. I, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of weird, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> then you got like, one what, dude, you, what if you one the first one? A smile on his face and he's that's as right. erect as could be, that's and he's right. like, "I'm not gay. Let me move." Exactly. Like you're the first one erect. <laughs> <laughs> Take off your clothes. You're just at attention. But clearly. Far better than sticking your thumb. I mean, there's no way I'm getting my thumb up some dude's ass in front of me, but. 
if enough drinks, I would probably be like, all right, if we're all going to do it, <laughs> I'm not jerking. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, I'm not Dutch rudder into this, but you know, three, a group of males walks in a straight line, holding onto the erect penis of the male behind them while putting one thumb into the, I so say we're back to the thumb and <laughs> the anus, of the male in front of them. So that is, uh, that's, that's the elephant walk number six. So would that excite you though? So you're walking, you have some guys hand on your cock, some guys playing with your prostate. I mean, yeah, I think they're really reaching when they're like erect penis because you're also, well, this except for that one guy with the big smile, the photograph here shows that they're outside in the cold. Um, there's, there's photos. Yeah. There's, there's photos to accompany the article. Um, (laughs) that's great. But, uh, when hazing, no photos. Just, just a, well, that ain't if anyone's listening. Today. Everybody's got a fucking camera in their pocket. So, I mean, like, hey, if I am around a group of guys who are, have, are walking down the street with thumbs up their ass, I am fucking <laughs> taking shots. I am taking pictures of this. I'm laughing. Yeah. I'm posting it to. Fuck, well, you can't post it to Facebook. I'm posting that shit somewhere. I mean, it's going <laughs> Instagram or something. Adult tube. I mean, think about that. Like you're, you're just, you're, you're in the mall, and all of a sudden, a group of guys walks in, and their thumbs are in each other's asses, and they're fucking holding on to the penis behind <laughs> them or some shit. Wow. <laughs> what? Well, I mean, you definitely wouldn't if they're in the mall. But you know, if you're if you're in the club and you're, I don't know. It just seems like because kids are dumb, and it will get leaked at some point. Someone's going to leak it. Uh, number five, paddling. Yeah, big deal. Uh, number four, water overdose. Uh, number three, all the alcohol you can't take in 90 minutes. Adam Marzell and Russell Taylor, two former students at the California Polytech State University, were sentenced to jail after hazing a freshman who died of alcohol poisoning <clears throat> while pledging Sigma Alpha Epsilon. The boy, 18, died after drinking large amounts of alcohol in 90 minutes. There was no after party. The boy at the time of death had a blood alcohol level of 0.44. That's pretty high. Holy fuck. 44% alcohol level. Just to put it into perspective, that's more than five times the legal limit for driving and actually exceeds the levels of the effects of surgical anesthesia. Holy shit. Exercises in feces and urine. There's nothing that says brotherly love more than feces and urine. Really? Is that, uh, monkeys that, do it. Is that your experience in fraternity? <laughs> brotherly love with feces and urine. Although when we talked about Covatus, you guys went out and shared a bucket. Oh, we didn't. I, I didn't. I had a trailer. Oh, uh, <laughs> but you take you, you put a plastic bag in the bucket. It's not like you throw your feces at somebody. <laughs> if person A pooped in the bucket, did he then throw his poop out? Yeah. Or did it stay there and then person B pooped on top of it? Uh, as far as I, cause I didn't poop. use it, I, I think with there, most kids were only there for like a day. So I don't think very many people even <laughs> shit before you get there, man. Hold it in. Pretty much it. It's, you know, like I said, I had my trailer, so I didn't have to worry about it. But there's no hazing. You know, even if you shit on someone else's shit, I mean, you do that if you go to a porta potty. Right. Yeah. I, bo- I am bothered by that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't do it. I no, I've had no to. burning man for you. I've had to, but I am bothered by that. I mean, you are. Look, when you think about it, especially when you go in and you look down, the worst was uh, we were out camping and it isn't like an Andy Gump where there's the blue stuff and every, once a week someone comes by and cleans it. Uh, it's just a big hole. Yeah, it's a big <laughs> hole that they put like enzymes and stuff in. Mm-hmm. So it's you, septic tank. Yeah. So you look down in the hole and you literally can see a mountain pile. I mean, it piles up and becomes a mountain. And I'm like, I'm shitting on people's shit and piss. And like, the thing that always bothers me about that is like, I know there's flies down there. And as oh, I'm taking a shit, I'm afraid they're all over your ass. 
It's terrible. It's it's the worst. Fire. It's so awful. And I'm thinking as I'm sitting here that I am, I'm like three feet below me is like hundreds of other people's <laughs> shit. It's that moment in uh, Slumdog Millionaire when the kid, <laughs> the kid falls, goes, oh. goes for the photo. Oh God. Yeah, that was one of the worst scenes ever. <laughs> although it is said that many frats force their pledges to drink urine. Nope. <laughs> not that I'm aware of. Yeah, I'm out again. It's not not happening. Yeah. Although a lot of fun to put apple juice in the cup and make them think it's urine and then fucking so, yeah. see who would actually drink it. <laughs> I don't think I would. I wouldn't actually force anybody to do it, but that it would be a lot of fun. You're, you're, you're all in on the joke except for like the five pledges. Well, but see, wouldn't that be hazing? Because it would be hazing. But then, you know, I mean, you're actually not making them drink. Exactly. Urine. And it's harmless. But I get, but you would see who would commit and who wouldn't. <laughs> so I'll, take, I'll take it. But even then, what's better? Like on one hand, if they go ahead and drink the apple juice, you're like, oh my God, he's down. He'll do anything for the fraternity. But he'll drink urine. <laughs> That's Dude, right. you're, you're fucking urine. Dude, you're a pee guy, drinker. That guy's odd. <laughs> yeah, that guy's weird. <laughs> and on the other hand, the dude who's like, there ain't no fucking way. Like, I love you guys, but I'm not drinking this shit. He won't drink pee. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know who wins in that. <laughs> exactly. That's a draw. Other than I. I mean, the, re- the us who are playing the joke still get a lot either of way, it's funny. Yeah. yeah, it's funny. <laughs> a few documented examples beyond just hearsay have surfaced with discrete details. At least as far as college hazing rituals go, military hazing rituals are a whole other can of worms, which is what you were talking about. An incident took place at Hartwick College. Interesting enough, Kisses and Caroms won. That was our first award. Was We <laughs> won the film festival at Hartwick College where pledges of Alpha Chi Rho were forced to carry feces-covered rocks through a forest and go do push-ups and up-downs in urine-soaked garbage. It's worse than it sounds. The garbage also contained grass and dirty diapers. The basement was in the house of Peter Tobacan, who, along with two other guys, were charged by state police with first-degree hazing. Holy shit, first-degree hazing? (laughs) Didn't even know they existed. Like a criminal offense nowadays. Another man, Yuri Petskrovsky, who was not a student at Hartwick, was also charged with second-degree aggravated harassment for making threatening phone calls to the freshman who reported the incident. Yeah, now, see, once again, I, how is the feces getting on the rock? Are you taking your own feces and putting it on the rock? I wouldn't even touch my own shit. Well, exactly. I'm like, so someone either had to make the rocks or you watch them do it. I mean that, yeah. I mean, and, and what if you don't have to defecate? I'm sorry, I, I just don't have to right now. You have to. But the odd thing is, is like, I would touch my dog shit before I would touch my own shit. That's so weird. Yeah. I, I yeah, I go out to my backyard, I pick up dog shit, you know, yeah, throw it away. Yeah. But if you go out to my backyard, take a shit, I'm like, dude, I'm not picking that shit up. Yeah, I, I don't know what that. I don't know. And being married at some point, I'm probably going to have to deal with shit or she's going to, or both <laughs> of us at the same time. Man. I mean, that's, you know, part of growing old together. Number one, worst college hazing ritual. This is according to elite daily raw liver, no teeth. I don't know. This is a vintage piece with a, about as much panache, pan, pan, panache, panache. Say, I didn't go to college. I didn't go to four year college uh, with about as much as panache. If you did, as- would you really use that word? Panache? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this guy's trying to show off who's writing this. As any modern-day hazing ritual, in 1959, the pledges of Kappa Sigma had to swallow pieces of raw liver, each as big as a club sandwich, soaked in oil without chewing. 
Richard Swanson was not successful in swelling the liver, and after his fourth try, the liver lodged in his throat, forcing him to be taken to the hospital. The attendant in the ambulance, however, did not know about the liver, and Swanson died at the hospital less than two hours after he began choking. I repeat, two hours of choking. Needless to say, this liver swallowing is not so widely practiced anymore. Instead, people just stick to ruining theirs. So the size of a club sandwich, so even a small club sandwich, even if you took two pieces of bread, some lettuce, and just made like a grilled cheese sandwich, that's a huge fucking piece of meat that you have to try and swallow. And then, now here's your stupidity, and this is back in 1959. He's in the ambulance, and no one's like, well, he was swallowing liver. Yeah, was he eating anything? Uh, I don't think so. I, we didn't see him eat anything. Like, why wouldn't you say that? Your your buddy's going to the hospital now. Like, the jig is up. Yeah. Hey, someone's going to find out. You might as well just fucking yeah. Let well, it go they big this big, big chunk of liver of yeah. meat out of his throat. So no one saw him eat oh, this. The, it is 1959, so ambulances are probably not able to intubate. But it was still two hours later when he got to the hospital. Why wouldn't they? It seems like they do something. I mean, the guys maybe they didn't have the choking. scopes to go down. Uh, it seems like someone would do a Heimlich or something. You would think so. Right. But even then, I don't know if that would... You need to make it open his airway. So like in movies that we see, how come no one brought out a Bic pen and shoved it into his throat? And like, like, well, it'll probably lodge further down than just his throat right there, though. <laughs> so there's college. This is the worst college hazing. Interesting stuff, though. And I'm like, why would... Once again, I don't think I'd want to join if I had to do some of that stuff. And the you know, military is is worse. It is bad. I mean, you get waterboarded or whatever. In the movie Lone Survivor, they're on the water. They're in the beach holding on to each other, and the water's crashing up and nearly drowning them, which was essentially that's what they were doing was they were waterboarding. Yeah, I'm sure the water's freezing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not like they're in the Bahamas and the weather's nice. Uh, yeah. You know, See how long they can last. It well, looks- even, even drowning. This is what it feels like to drown. Well, that's the other thing with that uh, particular part of hazing is like in the, in the case of the military and even waterboarding, if you can become comfortable with knowing what it's like to drown, you can probably last longer in a situation where you're drowning. It's taking well, away yeah. the panic. So in some cases, maybe this is where the military gets away with it. They justify, and of course, they always have a doctor to back them up, why whatever this ritual is will help them do their job or be able to work under pressure or whatever the case is. I don't, know. I don't know. You know, once again, the lone survivor where they're like, wake up, wake up. The kid, you know, obviously he's done and they end up having to do the CPR on him. I don't know. Is that going to make him a better, not be afraid of dying anymore and drowning? I'd be, oh shit. I, <laughs> I don't want to go near water ever again. What scene are you talking about? In the opening when they, they, they throw him in the pool and they have the one kid and his eyes are rolled backwards. They're like, wake up, wake up. And they have him off to the side. I don't even remember it. And I've I've now seen the movie twice because our package in Catalina included going to the movies. We we had a ticket to the theater and the casino. Have you ever been there? I haven't. Been on the outside. It's a great diving spot. We went to Catalina a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we had a package. We we actually stayed at the hotel, the pavilion that uh, Natalie Wood spent her final night alive in. So we stayed there. That was pretty neat. I didn't know that until we arrived, though. So we hadn't planned that. People don't know who Natalie Wood is anymore. She's the only wood that floats. <laughs> doesn't float. What kind of wood doesn't float? Oh, Natalie Wood. Is, that, is that how the joke's supposed to go? <laughs> right. All right. Well, because wood sinks after a while. It does get waterlogged, which I guess so do people. Anyway, so we had tickets to part of our package was tickets to a movie, and the movie they were showing was Lone Survivor. 
And I had actually brought my hard drive with me. So I was like, we have it in the room. Why would we, like, we can watch it if you want. And Deanna hadn't seen it yet. But it's in the casino. Right. So I was like, well, what the hell, let's go. Beautiful theater. Just a gorgeous theater. It used to be, like, people like Bing Crosby and Sammy Davis Jr. performed there. It was the first theater constructed specifically for talkies. It was the first sound talkies theater or whatever sound hmm. theater i don't know exactly how to describe it so uh, that was ever on built an island <laughs> well wrigley family still owns the island the whole island is privately owned even though you'll look in all the brochures and stuff it'll say like 88 percent of the island has been donated over to conservancy or conservatory or whatever who's on the board of the conservatory <laughs> The Wrigley, the Wrigley family. It's their island. It's everything is. It's their island. They can do whatever the fuck they want with it. They just own Catalina, or do they own all the Channel Islands? No, they only own Catalina because the the other one, the next closest island, was actually owned by San Clemente, is owned by the Navy. So that's it's just a base or whatever. They just do drills and shit out there. You can't. I don't believe you can go to San Clemente Island unless you're in the Navy. Anyway. Uh, the theater is just, it was a beautiful theater. It was the first talkie theater. I was really amazed at just how gorgeous it was. So that experience for me, I, and I sat through Lone Survivor again, which I just thought, it's okay. I mean, you be- really liked it, but it's not, it's not a structured movie. It's almost- I like it for the fact of, it, it's what you see, like these guys do on a daily basis that we don't know what, what they do. Sure. And I, I think that's cool. I just, you know, because the military protects us and they're out there and, you know, they have these orders and that's what they do. Okay. Sure. There's no questions. It's like, okay, I'm going to go do this. But it's it's more of a, yeah, you're just watching a, an event unfold, almost a docudrama of it and less of like a, a structured movie. I mean, nobody goes through, there's there's no like changes. No one learns anything. No, no, no. one. There's no like real three-act structure. You had suggested why not just let the old man go and tie the two up, and then it would take the old man a while to get down to the bottom, and that would buy them enough time. Yeah. That was your suggestion. After watching it a second time, I was like, why not just take the three guys with you? Make them climb the hill, go further deeper into the hill with you. Well, they weren't going deeper. They're going down to the... the but take them, but what, take them with you. To, they were going to their rendezvous spot. Once they found them... They made the decision, we need to cut these guys loose and we need to get to our rendezvous spot, make our phone call, and get picked up. Why not just take the three guys to your pickup location? When you get picked up, just leave them there. Just let them go. (laughs) Doesn't matter what, they're going to know that the military was there. Yeah, they already, the guys already know, they've already seen you. So, and even if you don't take them all the way up, take them halfway up. Take them far enough up that you know it would take them more time to get down the hill than it will to get you. Yeah, whatever. So you want to talk about uneducated. I mean, these guys, they had many more options at their disposal and they really chose the wrong option because the option that I would have even been down with that immediately I was down with, I was like, well, you got to kill the three. Oh, well, casualties of war. Got no problem with this. But he's right. What happens if you do that? And they find out that these seals are killed three, especially children. So an old only guy. four of us here. There's only four of us here, and I'm that's not right. talking. Hearsay, that's right. I what? We weren't there. Here's what we're going to do. You three go up there. I'm going to take them down here and let them go. If you hear shots, don't worry. I'm just scaring them. <laughs> Make them run the other way. Yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah, it's, it's an okay flick. But the theater we went to in Catalina was pretty awesome. How weird would it be if you went to go see the artist there? 
Oh, because it was the first talk. Yeah, I guess that would probably be a, a fairly big event that they probably had there. But it's all silent up until the end. Right. So, so it'd be kind of, yeah, so it'd be kind of weird event. to be there watching a silent film and the first one's Bill Taki. Of course, then you hear him talking. Whoa. Yeah, crazy. They had an organ there, just like... Uh, El Capitan? Yeah, like El Capitan <clears throat> was playing. Did they do Disney games. songs? They did not. That would have been weird, especially before Lone Survivor. Yeah, I guess it's that's true. So what else you got? Uh, what else do I have going on? Uh, yeah, really, there's not too much going on in my life. Carrie's away. Her grandmother passed away. She's 92. So she's in South Dakota. So for Valentine's Day, I took heaven out. Awesome. That was your date with heaven? <laughs> that's, that was your date with a 21-year-old? Nope, not yet. 20-year-old? Pretty soon. Uh, I, always, I always wonder, like, do, do they think I'm dating her? <laughs> you know, because table for two, we sit down, you know, it's... I know when we were in Zion last year, we're sitting in the spa and, and someone said something about my wife. I'm like, my wife's not here. <laughs> did heaven hear that? Uh-huh, she was there. Yeah. And what did she say? Uh, she just thinks it's funny. Yeah. Cause that's the <laughs> funnier thing is like, this is my husband. Like I can totally see why you would think that he would bag a hottie like me. <laughs> that's right. But why you think I... I'm with him. Exactly. <laughs> you think I chose this old dude. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. He's just a teacher. He has no money. <laughs> Well, of course, they don't know that at that point. Well, yeah, that's pretty much the excitement going on in my life, I think. Just work. I did some uh, worthless trainings on Friday. So that was exciting. Get paid for it. So because we don't have classes, they common core is coming out. So we get to do some kind of training and we get our, our full day pay to sit there and listen. Teachers are horrible about listening. You know, like if someone's presenting something, you know, we pull out our phones and all the stuff that we tell kids not to do right? because <laughs> we don't want to be there. So you're rein- you're reinforcing what I just said about people with degrees being morons. That's right. Uh, yeah, but that's pretty much my life going on. Working on the golf cart. That's almost done. What are you doing in the golf cart? Uh, I've repainted it, put some Metallica stuff on it, airbrushed the Metallica logo on it. Do you have a gas cart or an electric cart? It's electric. <clears throat> How old are your batteries? When I bought it, the guy said they were only about a year old. So hopefully I have a couple more years in them. I stopped in Santa Clarita off of Soledad Canyon as a golf cart place. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know knew what was there. We were on our way back from my parents, and I saw it, and I stopped and chatted with them and talked to them about prices of carts and stuff. Do you need a golf cart? No, I always wanted one. But, no, I don't need one. Well, you can always borrow ours if you just want to cruise around a golf cart someday. Yeah, I mean, it, <laughs> I, it's, they're just ridiculously too expensive. It's just insane yeah, to spend. I mean, a brand new one. You can buy a used. What'd you spend? Spend a thousand bucks on six hundred. Okay, where'd you buy that? Oh, some guy up in Sand Canyon trying to get rid of it. <laughs> just what you Craigslist and found it. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, after I left the golf cart place, on uh, my way back down, I saw uh, there was like a sort of a thrift shop, and he had a couple of carts, but I didn't stop to talk to him. Um, but yeah, I know. I mean, you can buy them for less than a grand. Usually, you have battery problems and shit like that. I think I would want a gas cart though. Um, uh, well, there's good and bad to both. It depends on what it is you want to use it for, how often you're going to use it. Because a gas one, you need to use it a lot, uh, only because the gas will start coming up and stuff like that, and you have more problems because it's an engine. So you you either drain it, or you run it regularly, or you put the fuel safe the fuel safe stuff in it, yeah, and do this stuff on the car. But once again, it's an engine, so there's a lot of moving parts, mm-hmm. so a lot of things go wrong. Mm-hmm. Whereas the battery one is good, but they're so heavy. And the batteries, when they die, I don't think you can replace one battery. I think you have to do the whole mm-hmm. circuit, and the whole circuit of you know, six batteries is going to cost you about six hundred bucks. Right. Yeah, that's an investment. But it the is. gas, if you take it on a long trip and you run out, you just get gas, and you're good to go. <laughs> you don't have to stop and charge up for overnight. 
Uh, that seems to be the advantage to gas. That is true. But now you just put those solar cells on top on the roof. Oh, do they have carts like that mm-hmm. that are constantly charging themselves mm-hmm. as you're rolling around? That's pretty neat. Which I thought about getting, you know, going to Harbor Freight. They have them for like 130 bucks, and just throwing one on top of my roof because no one knows what the hell's on top of a roof of a golf cart. Right. And that way, when it's sitting around, it just automatically charges. Mm-hmm. In Catalina, there's golf carts everywhere. Yes. You, you have to. You can't rent a car, and if you move there, you have to get on a 25 year waiting list to get a car. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Hey, but there's really nowhere to go with a car. No, unless you're going to cross the island, you're going to go to two harbors or further in. But even then, why would you do that? Yeah, there's nothing uh, over there. So it's all golf carts. We saw a golf cart tow truck. Oh, see, that I haven't seen. That was, we took a picture of it. It was pretty cool. It was. It's a golf cart, but it has like the whole tow thing, old, old school tow thing off the back of it. So it could tow other golf carts. That was pretty cool. What's um, in that? Like oh, engine-wise? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you you just need a lot of torque. You yeah, know, so you'd you have to have need a, to zip around. Yeah, but you'd have to have a bigger, some kind of a bigger engine than that. I'm sure. Well, your maybe cart, like a Rhino engine or something they put in. Yeah, your cart does what, like 18 miles an hour? I have no clue because the carts, uh, the carts I were looking at, you could get carts that did 35 that were street legal, but they, I think they said they went 35, but they never really did. They went like 25. Yeah, you, they are legal to drive on the streets as long as it's like around your area. Yeah, twenty five mile an hour. Do you have turn signals and all of that? I don't. And if I if I put them on, I do have the the lights, and I could easily do them, but there's no point of it. According to the guy that I talked to, you need to have you know headlights, tail lights, all of that, and it needs to be licensed to drive it on the street. And you can drive it in thirty five mile an hour zone or less. However, where I live, I live next to it or near a golf course. If you live near a golf course and you have a cart that can still hold golf bags doesn't doesn't have the back converted to two seats you can drive the cart in your neighborhood within a mile of the golf course the law allows for that but if your cart is so being totally go to starbucks yeah i can drive i can take it from here to starbucks legally with no problem <laughs> mcdonald's you go grocery shopping yeah totally but uh if you convert it to a, a four-seater or you put a basket in the back then the one mile rule doesn't work see mine was already a four-seater it wasn't converted just bought that way i would mine want- did have a license plate on it from florida when i bought it that doesn't mean it's California legal. No, well, that I know, but I, I don't know if it came from Florida or whatever the deal was. But at one point, maybe it was really registered. You think the Sal- Santa Clarita guy just put a Florida plate on it, had one lying around? Well, that's why I, I don't know, because why would you bother putting a, a plate on a golf cart at all? Yeah. It doesn't make it that much cooler. Dude, you got a plate on yours. That's awesome. <laughs> Wish I could get a plate on mine. The thing for me is I would want a golf cart that had that looked like a little 57 Chevy or one of those things. Oh, they make those. I know. They have the kits. Yeah. And I looked them up, and they're, you know. You know, spend a thousand bucks on a kit, uh, plus the cart, and you got to get the right kit for the cart, and then then you have to paint it, paint it, and the conversions <laughs> and all that other shit. But and if they you do buy them, cool ones. If you buy them completely done, they're fucking like five, six, seven grand. Mm-hmm. It's too expensive. So at those prices, I would just buy a classic car. <laughs> so that's why a golf cart just the golf cart I want just doesn't seem to be in my future. Not yet, but when you hit the Powerball this week, yeah, you know, I don't even know. Because I would still be like, okay, I could have this awesome like eight thousand dollar golf cart, or I could spend a couple of more grand and have this you know cool classic car. Like it just <laughs> never seems, drive anywhere. Yeah, never seems like it would really. Whatever, it's just such a total waste of money. Oh. For us, it's useful. Well, you take it out to uh, Parker, yeah, and that's yeah. our main <laughs> main way right. of getting around everywhere. 
Well, except going into the place ain't that big. You can walk. Well, yeah, we could, which is what we did before you got the (laughs) golf cart. It's really not that big. Uh, Well, it was nice to have when when someone's legs broken, (laughs) because there wouldn't be crutching on breaking legs once. Uh, I'm hoping not. No. So then, but I am really glad that we ended up having that golf cart because there's no way she would have been crutching anywhere. I'm sure. Or Daniel. Cool. Well. I'm Vince Roca. I'm Michael Hutchinson. For more on the show, visit getconvinced.com.